sermon podcast of Paley Presbyterian Church. The following sermon is by the Reverend Douglas Cornelius. Well, good morning. Good morning. I am Pastor Doug Cornelius. This is my first official Sunday with you, and I am so glad to be in worship with you, so glad that you made it out this morning to worship with us. We have a a day here where uh, your church family is welcoming someone new into the family, and I am sort of officially joining a new church family. Now, joining a new family can be difficult, amen? You did pretty good with that. I told you I grew up Southern Baptist, so when I asked for an amen, you know, you got to give it back to me like you believe it, okay? I said it can be difficult to join a new family, amen? Yeah, Yeah, there you go. I like to see all the couples when I ask that question because they kind of, some of them look at each other and they're like, yeah, your family, that's the one. The other one's saying, no, yours, your family. Others are just looking forward. You know, don't make eye contact with the spouse right now. Nothing to laugh at here. But I have a feeling that this is going to be a wonderful day, that it will be an easy family for me to join, and I hopefully will be the kind of pastor that is easy to welcome into your family. So for our first uh, Sunday together, I chose a text where the Apostle Paul focuses a bit on what it means to be Christian family. This is from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 1, beginning with verse 3. Hear the word of the Lord. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him... We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and insight, he has made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will, so that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you please pray with me? Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, 
O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. In the early to mid-2000s, I went through a season of my life where I lived up here around Philly and in New Jersey while my parents and my sister all still lived down in Virginia. You hear Virginia and you think, wait, is this guy a Washington football team fan? I am. And it's probably not the day to tell you all that. But... I think we should be honest with each other, right? Right up front. I'm sure your team will be just fine if you're an Eagles fan. Don't worry. Don't worry. We've had a rough 30 years here. So my family's all down in Virginia, where I grew up, and I'm up in this area. And I remember during that time, when it came to holidays and get-togethers, that I always felt like I was kind of the VIP. Because, you see, I lived far away, right? And and so I kind of felt like the VIP because everybody said, when can we get Doug here? Let's plan it around Doug. We all live close together, but the one who has to travel, right? You kind of make the holiday plans and the family plans around that person. So it's almost like in our family life there was some, you know, red rope outside of a, a bar or a nightclub or some backstage Broadway event, and I wasn't just the VIP, I wasn't just in the VIP line, I felt like I was first in line, right? I was the person the family planned around. And so, because I lived far away, holidays would tend to bend to when I could make it, and birthday celebrations, and important family events, it was Doug, when can you make it down to Virginia? We'll hold off the event until we can all be together. But then, about 15 years ago, my parents moved up to Bucks County, not far from me at all. But my sister was still down in Virginia, and I got this nagging suspicion that things were starting to shift. I got this suspicion that I wasn't first in line anymore, that I wasn't the VIP in the family. See, she was now the one far away, the one more seldom seen. And so we started to plan around her schedule. When can you make it up here? Well, fast forward another several years, and now my sister actually lives right here in Montgomery County, close by. So, and so do Taylor and I. And none of it matters, of course, that the family's all finally together because Three and a half years ago, we had Annabelle. We had Annabelle. And whatever suspicion I had that I was no longer the VIP, it's now not a suspicion anymore. It is absolutely confirmed that I am not the VIP in the family. See, she is the first grandchild. And so she's the only one that matters. All the events are planned around here. At times, I look around at family gatherings and I think, would anybody notice if I left? I could just slip out. No one would notice. They would just keep going, oh, look at that cute face that she just made. Oh, let's let's play a song from Frozen. Maybe she'll start dancing around. Let's do that again. 
far from first in line now between Annabelle and Taylor and my sister and frankly the new dog, I don't even know if I crack the top five anymore. But first in line is taken by a three-year-old, but she's so dang cute I can't even blame him. Paul's letter to the Ephesians begins with praise, blessing, celebration. Listen to how he opens it up. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. Paul is driving home the point right from the start of his letter that we as a church are a blessed people. But more important than the praise and the celebration and the blessing is why we have reason to praise. Why we have reason to praise. It's because God has adopted us. That's the language that Paul uses. God has adopted us through Jesus Christ. Right there in verse 4, Paul says it, and he has done this through grace. There's a reason to praise and that reason is that we, the church, have been adopted into the family of God. And if we've all been adopted, then that means we are brothers and sisters, you and I, you with one another, brothers and sisters in the family of God. And so when we say we are a church family, when we tell that to folks outside in our life, out in our workplace or in our school, when we say we have a church family, we're not just trying to express how we take care of one another or how we feel about our church friends. We're, we're not just expressing that there's a love here amongst the people of God that the outside world might not understand. When we say we are a church family, we mean that by the grace of God, we have been adopted into a family that we have become children of God, children of the light, children of the way of Jesus, and we really are a family. We really are. And if your experience of being in a family is anything like mine, then being part of a family means at least a few things, could mean a few things. First, it might mean that we share blood or that we share a name. Whatever your relationship with family, whether you're tight-knit or whether you'd rather not really bother with them, the fact is that you probably share blood or share a name with those folks. And the family of God is no different. We indeed share a name, and it's the name Paul invokes no less than seven times in these short verses that we read this morning the name of Jesus Christ. When we are adopted into the family of God, we receive a name that runs deeper than our earthly family name. See, because I am Christian before I am Cornelius. You understand? I am Christian before I am Cornelius. And you are Christian, adopted by God marked by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that runs deeper than any earthly family name. 
surely runs deeper than any surname handed down through generations. This is the name that claims us not just in a marriage or in our earthly genealogy, but in the deep, eternal mysteries of our God and our soul. And when they open the book of life, on that blessed day, and we enter paradise together, we will not enter because it says our name. We will enter because there in our spot it will say Christian. It will say Jesus Christ. And the blood that ties us to kin in all the fullness and wonder of its genetics and DNA and heredity None of it, not one bit of that blood runs as deep as the blood of Christ runs in us. Not one genetic strand shapes us or transforms us or grows us or gives us life like his blood does. And that blood redeems us, Paul says in verse 7. It forgives us according to the grace Christ has lavished upon us. So we share a name, and we share the same blood. What really makes family special, if you're blessed to have known it, is that common love that you can share with one another, for one another. And within the church, we share a love as well. We share a love received, the love of God, which is shown to us in God's choosing of us, verse Uh, one of the early verses in our text says, we are chosen in love, a love that comes down to us in grace, Paul says, a grace that places us first in line. God shows us a grace that places us first in line. Though we do nothing to merit that grace, God's forgiving and boundless grace is freely given to us. And we who so often should be the very last ones to receive God's love, we become the first. You, this morning, are the most important person in the world to God. You, this morning, are worth all that Christ went through. You, this morning, have been placed first in line by the grace that God has shown us. And God does that for every one of us. But we don't just share a love received, we also share a love offered. What that means is that we love one another. We lift one another up in this family as siblings in Christ, and we share the love that we offer the world. Share it in service and in invitation to come be a part of our family. We go forth and we share the love that we have first been shown by God, and that love binds us together, gives us a common purpose, a common mission, and it makes the family of God's people family. It makes a family of Christ's followers. We are also family, Paul says, because we share an inheritance. Verse 11, an inheritance that we have in Christ. As adopted children through Christ, we now share in his inheritance. And that means life, 
It means blessing, all that blessing that Paul talked about in the beginning of the passage. It means hope. And we don't receive it so that we can tuck it away and keep it just for us or keep it just for our family. We are given an inheritance to live, Paul says, to live for the praise of Christ's glory so that we can live with every part of our being as an act of praise. These are the characteristics of the family of God, and the church has them. Our church has them right here in Paoli. And Paul says, if that's all true, then you better praise. You better sing. You better glorify. You better understand how blessed we are as a church family. We get to be the family of God. Praise God says Paul. Now, if your family is anything like mine, it seems like just about every time we get together, there's always a meal involved. Am I right? And we're Presbyterian, so that kind of works here too, right? I'm, I'm seeing that already with some of, uh, some of our get-togethers here at the church. We have a meal. If we got something to celebrate, we say, let's get dinner. It's a holiday. We say, let's get together and cook. The weather's nice. Fire up the grill. The ball game is on. Let's make some sandwiches. Pass the bread. It's always centered around a meal that we share together. And our family, our church family here this morning, well, we too have a meal. We have a meal that we center around, that we celebrate. Oh, it's, it's not necessarily much to look at. Won't fill you up, at least not your belly. It's not fine dining. It's not five-star cooking. It doesn't satisfy the taste buds so much as the soul. And while it seems, by looking at it, that it might be a poor excuse for a celebratory meal, the Apostle Paul would beg to differ. See, this meal is all about celebration. This meal is all about family. This meal is our family tradition. And here, we meet the grace that's in the blood that we share. Here, we are claimed by the name of the one who hosts us at the table. Here, we receive and share a love and a grace that places every one of us first in line to come have a seat. From here, we are sent out with a common love and a common purpose and a common mission to serve our world and to share that love with others. And here we receive a foretaste of the inheritance that is ours in Jesus Christ.
here, here is our family table. So come, you who love the Lord, come gather round the family table. Pass the bread, pass the drink to your sister, to your brother. Share the cup of the blood that courses through our veins and strengthens our hearts. Come, for you are family here. By God's grace, each one of you here this morning is first in line at this table. Amen.